This is Talking Business. I'm joined now by Moses Hoofterfer, who is the co-founder and CEO of Utropia Aerospace. G'day, Moses. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, um, Moses is uh, most definitely my the youngest interview I've had on this on this show. How old are you? Sixteen. I'm sixteen. Yes. And you're eleven at Footscray City College. Yes, yes. Yes. But Moses has a business called Utropia Aerospace. What were you thinking? <laughs> um. Well, I, I think it really all just um, just happened so slowly that really I I couldn't help but get swept away. Um, it wasn't always just trying to find the easiest avenue to um, perhaps making a worldly contribution or to um, gaining um, financial um, benefit from it, but it was mostly just the idea of... Um, so many things are happening in aerospace and especially in the um, small set and medium set market right now that, that it'd really be stupid of me not to get involved. So your dream, according to your website, which is a fantastic website, I must say. <laughs> did you build it? Yes, yes, you did. That's really good. Um, it says here that you want to be the first in the world to launch a reusable hybrid rocket into orbit. Yep. So what does that mean? What is a reusable hybrid rocket? Yeah, of course. Um, and what's well, involved in, in doing that? Um, well, there's three main forms of rocketry. Um, there's liquid fuel rocketry, which is kind of like the conventional um, form. It's in, or like it powers um, basically all Russian rockets, um, most American rockets, and it uses a liquid oxidizer, mostly liquid oxygen, and a liquid fuel, like liquid hydrogen, methane, um, any of those, and it combusts them together. Um, this is often quite powerful and it's very controllable as well. But the problem is, though, that um, it's quite expensive. And um, when you reuse it multiple times, which is what SpaceX is doing, um, you encounter problems with wear and tear on parts like the turbo pumps and all of that. Then there's solid fuel rocketry. And solid fuel rocketry is a lot cheaper. And it uses a solid oxidizer and a solid um, fuel as well. And um, it works in the same way like a firecracker would, where um, you just ignite it and it goes. And you have virtually no control over it. And that was on the things, um, on the side boosters on the shuttle, so the big white canisters. And they're very, very powerful and they're, as I said, quite cheap. And they are used a little bit, but because they're unable to be controlled in this very fine manner, which is really required when it comes to launching something quite small, um, they're, they're never completely favoured. And then there's hybrid rocketry, and that's the form of rocketry that we're focusing on. And that uses a liquid oxidizer and a solid fuel. And the solid fuel can be, it's often a hydrocarbon, so it could be something like a plastic or often often plastics. Um, or a, and then an oxidizer as well, like um, liquid oxygen is also used as well. And um, the benefits of this is that um, it's simple, um, it's quite cheap as well, um, on the order of solid fuel rocketry cheap as well, and it's controllable. But uh, the big pro- well, there's two real big problems. Um, even if you use hybrid rocketry, which is still quite cheap, um, 
it's still, in the relative terms, quite expensive. Like it costs around um, $20,000 to launch like a single kilo into orbit um, in terms of small sats. And although that might sound like not a lot on an, an industrial level, I mean, for like large companies just paying $20,000, it's almost nothing. Um, it certainly adds up when companies like Planet will launch um, I think it's like 84 at a time, and then they'll do that four to six times um, every four to six months, so like three to um, three to two times a year. And this then this price becomes like a, a huge drag on uh, the growth of the business. So we introduced this um, concept of reusability to hybrid rocketry, which is where we're able to uh, land the booster. How did down. you? What do you mean you've introduced it? How did? How did this come about? Um, well, it was mostly just um, like a thought experiment that I, I was doing one night. Like, um, I was, I think I was 14. It, w- it wasn't a school project. Oh, no, no. This is outside of school. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I think that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions. Everyone assumes that like um, we're part of a school project, which got um, written in that article as well. But I digress. Um, oh, is that got uh, that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, so, so you, you, I mean, so I mean, how far along this journey are you? I mean, I, I mean, you, you have this dream of doing this. Um, is it more than a dream? Um, what? Well, what do you mean? Isn't like, is it becoming a reality? Yes. Um, I'd say it's becoming a reality slowly, but it is becoming a reality. Uh, and what, are you, what are you doing to to make it? Oh, I mean, I'm just uh, there's like you, you have to go to school, so you, obviously you've got limited time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's certainly um, one of like our hurdles. Like everything's kind of slowed down. Everything's in slow motion compared to other companies. Um, right now, we're working on. Um, uh, we've realised that we kind of might have to pivot um, our business model a little bit to put um, actually actively launching. Um, a little bit further down the trail because um, it's quite saturated the market and we need to do something to really set ourselves apart. Um, but then there, um, we're, we're, right now we're getting, um, in terms of engineering, we're getting um, a lot of engineers on. Um, we, we often try and get engineers that have come just out of university and then ones that are also quite experienced as well if we can get them to agree. Um, How do you get them to agree? <sighs> I dazzle them with my, with my brilliant speaking voice. Um, um, no, well, I'm, I'm just yeah. you know what, what's the what's um, the, yeah well uh, when I, you get when you say get them on what does that mean? Um, well, often um, some of them um, try and find us, um, but some of them we, we go after like they they worked on large projects for other companies and we try and tell them about our technology. Some of the time they're really enthused about it, like they're they're really blown away by the concept because it's um, quite unusual and it's quite intriguing. Right. Um, but sometimes you know that they, 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 they. This is my problem. I'm yeah. not kind of familiar with this world, so yeah. I don't know that. I you know. But what, the one thing I do know um, is that uh, the idea of having lots of small satellites is beginning to take on, and so um, and people are now launching nano satellites, and it's becoming a thing. That mm-hmm. uh, I mean, in fact, the, the skies are being full of this these things. So we're going we're to end up with too many satellites, aren't we? Um, 
Well, t- tell us. I mean, is that, is that the is that the space you're going to be playing in, or that um, you're the worth that you're, Yeah, yeah. Um, that's probably the um, space that we're going, or like the area that we're going to be going into. Um, but when people say like um, in terms of. Uh, uh, things like space junk, is that, is that what you mean? I suppose so. Or, you know, the, um, the idea that there's going to be thousands or millions of satellites in the in the in, in orbit um, yeah. seems a bit alarming. Oh, uh, sure, it, um, it, it would be alarming. Um, but the um, there's really um, a couple of things that I guess should add a bit of salt to the entire um, problem that um, space junk is, is for one... Um, not all satellites will stay in space forever. Uh, a lot of them, um, eventually, um, due to small amounts of air resistance, they will fall back down and they, they will um, disintegrate. So, right. That, that, and they come in about like every seven to eleven years. Um, the atmosphere expands and it brings in um, the uh, like some some satellites along with it. So, it, slowly and over time, um, space will get cleared or lower orbit will get cleared. Um, most of the space junk that we know, or like most of the problematic space junk, is um, space junk that is created from things like um, disused boosters. Um, so, like, even like f- um, little specks of paint from like the Saturn V, they're orbiting around Earth right now. And um, if they come into collision with a satellite, they can completely destroy it. Even something as small as like a grain of sand, which is something that we should, you would think would be well, because they're traveling yeah. so fast. I guess yeah, absolutely. Like several times, like tens of times the speed of like a bullet. Yeah. Um, so you won a pitch competition, right? Yeah, um, that was really Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, that was really when we uh, hit our hit our strides. Um, so uh, we, we at the beginning, uh, we had asked we were. We we asked to meet with a guy called Troy McCann, who's really um, like the biggest figure in terms of connecting people, in terms of the space economy, um, especially in Australia. And uh, he had suggested that we do this pitch competition because we had tried pitching him uh, like our company, and um, he was like he was like oh yeah this this is this would be quite good. And um, what they'd done is essentially. Um, Startup Vic, which is which I think they are this group which try and help startups in Victoria. They run a pitch competition. I think it's every month, and this one was a space one, and we we got were lucky enough to time it and correctly. And um, so we we'd gone to all these, uh, or we'd gone to one round, which was just um, with five other companies, which Troy got us into, and we pitched and probably wasn't a very good pitch because we hadn't done a whole lot of work on well, it. Well, you did okay, didn't you? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, you did brilliantly well. Yeah, um, um, that was with the um, finals. So uh, one team got eliminated, we, we got sent to the finals, and um, like we, we really pulled it all together and, and we somehow blew everyone away. Well, it's been really interesting to talk to you, Moses. Thanks for coming in. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks. I've been talking to Moses Hoofturfer, who is one of the co-founders of Utropia Aerospace and uh, a young man going a long way, I would say.